hey, if you have your Bibles, if you'll turn with me to the Psalms, Psalm 139, uh, we're going to begin a new sermon series on worth. I'm so excited about what God is teaching me and showing to me. I'm so excited to have that opportunity to share with you because you may come in here and may not know the reality of the way God sees you and the way God feels about you and the way God loves you. Uh, but once we get that and we can see that and sense that and taste that, wow, our lives are forever different. Over the Christmas holiday, between Christmas and New Year, my family and I were able to travel to our denominations conference center outside of Brevard, North Carolina, called Ridgehaven. And it was an extra special trip for us because, A, it's in the mountains of North Carolina. B, we could all be together. But I had the privilege of speaking at a conference, mostly to high school students. And my son-in-law, Todd Fleming, Gay and Doug Fleming's son, who many of you know the Flemings, he was the worship leader. And my daughter, Jessie, was the uh, program director. So how cool to be able to speak at a conference where your son-in-law leads worship, your daughter uh, leads the entire camp. And I was nervous thinking if we stink, the whole family stinks, right? Uh, but it seemed to go well. But as we go make that trip, which we make frequently up to our conference center, especially as our daughter and son-in-law are there, we go through the town of Greenville, South Carolina. Has anybody been to Greenville, South Carolina? Man, were you excited about that, uh, Kayla? Yes, I've been there. And I think if you've been to Greenville recently, you probably are excited. It's a really cool town. If you like southern towns, it's a wonderful, charming southern town. But it's got some new stuff, uh, a new feel. And we've really enjoyed it. Matter of fact, we worship there in a downtown Presbyterian church. Really cool, hip church. Not nearly as cool as ours um, uh, when we were there. But when I went through Greenville for the umpteenth time, I have realized that Greenville, South Carolina, is the Christian billboard capital of the world. It seems like everywhere you look, there's a, a message, a billboard with a verse from the Bible or a Christian saying that, that everybody wants to be communicating about what God thinks and what God says uh, all over the town. It's, it's very interesting. And they really kind of cover a pretty broad range. There is one that caught my attention. There is one that I pondered probably the most. It was, it was just a verse. It was just Hebrews 9.27. And I'm sure that you probably all know Hebrews 9.27. Uh, for those of you who don't, let me read it to you. It says this. And just as it is appointed for man to die once, and after that comes judgment. That was it. Let me read it again. And just as it's appointed for man to die once, and after that comes judgment. And I was thinking, interesting, they want me to know, you're going to die, and you're going to go to hell. Have a nice day, right? I mean, I don't know if that was an angry elf who put that out. I, I, mean, I don't know what they were thinking. Uh, it is true that sin has entered the story of God and his creation, that, that because of sin, death has come that all of us is going to face that reality. Death is, it is going to come to each one of us. It is true that there is a living, holy God, and he will one day judge the living and the dead. But the Bible story is so much more than that, isn't it? And again, I know you can't put the whole thing on, the bulletin, or on a billboard. I know you can't say everything. But wouldn't you think you'd want to say that God loves us 
Not only does God love us, but we got to remember God likes us. And God thinks very highly of us. Let me ask you this question. If you were to have a billboard in the billboard, Christian billboard capital of the world, Greensville, what would you write? What would your message be? If you had one chance, one sign, one chance to, to, to proclaim the story of God, to, to say what, what you think God wants to say more than anything else, what would you put on that billboard? I think for me, it would something like this. I love you. I love you so much that I've made you in my image, God. I, I love you so much that, that I would send my own son to come and shed his blood for you, God the Father. I, I love you so much that I, I want to make my home inside of you and have you be my temple, God. I love you. You see, what, what God thinks about us is the most important for us to know. The way God really and truly thinks about us. And we got to be honest, there's a lot of messages out there that, that will tell us, well, what does God really think of us? And sometimes you might even start from inside yourself and try to wonder, can God really care and love me? You see, our worth in God's eyes is most important because it matters most. Isn't it true? Just, just lean into that. If there is a God, and the Bible says there is, and I think reality proves that, if there is a God and he's created you, isn't his opinion the most important for you? And wouldn't it be so important for you to know how does God think of you? And shouldn't the reality of that opinion affect everything you do? Well, that's what we're going to focus on for the next six weeks. It's all going to be under a sermon series called Worth. And we're going to look at our worth, not in what we do and, and not in our bank accounts. We're going to look at our worth according to the Bible, according to God, and what he thinks of us. And the best of my ability, it's not going to be my opinion. It's going to be what God says. And that's what we need to hear. What is our worth to God? Let me tell you, there's good news. There's amazing news. And this is really, really important. Because again, how God sees us will affect everything about our life. We're going to begin our, st our study in Psalm 139. We're going to look uh, through most of Psalm 139 and also one verse in, in Genesis 1. But let me remind you what I often want to try to remind you, that no matter if we find ourselves in the book of Genesis or in the middle in the Psalms or at the end in Revelation, this is all of God's word. This is all of God's story. We could trust it. It will never lead us astray. But more important than just a story to, to entertain us, God wants to speak to you today. He, you. You're here for a reason. You may not know why, but he's got you here. And the God of the universe wants to communicate to you so that you know what he thinks about you. So would you lean in as I read God's word? And would you be remindful that this is a loving God who wants to speak to you? Hear the word of the Lord in Psalm 139, beginning in verse 1. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it all together. You hem me in behind and before and, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I, I cannot attain it. Where should I go from your spirit? 
Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your right hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me and the light about me be night. But even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is as bright as the day, for darkness is as light with you. For you formed my inner parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful of your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. You saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet they were none of them. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. If I could count them, they are more than the sand. I awake and I am still with you. Search, I'll skip down to verse 23. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there is any grievous way in me. And lead me in the way of everlasting. And now turning to Genesis chapter 1. Just verse 27 in the creation account. God says, So God created in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you for your story, your word. We thank you that you tell us about who we are in your sight. You as our creator and that you know all the details of our life because you are the one who has woven us together. You're the one who has has knit us together. You're the one who, who gave us the gifts we have and withheld from us the gifts we don't. You're the one who knows everything about us and you're the one who goes with us and and you are the one and the one alone who is God Almighty. You know us better than we even know ourselves. And God, we will never understand ourselves until we understand who you are and how you've made us and how you love us and how you've proven that over and over and over again. God, I pray there's not a soul here this morning that could leave here not knowing their worth in your eyes. Because that's so important, would you give us ears to hear your voice? And God, would you give us minds to understand your word because you're talking to us and who we are in your image? God, would you give us hearts to embrace your truth and your love? And even the way you care for us in a way that gives us feet that walk in a manner worthy of your name. Because we are of worth. Because you love us. You made us in your image. And your son has come to rescue us. May that change everything about us. God, the things that I say that are wrong are merely my opinion. May those things fall away and be forgotten. But the things that are said that are true and contain the good news of the gospel, would you use those things to make us more like your son, our savior, Jesus? And it's in his holy and matchless name that we pray. Amen. In your new fancy, wow, that's really cool bulletin, there is an outline for you if you want to follow along. 
It's a simple outline this morning. And what we're going to first of all see is that we, each one of us, are made by God. Max Lucado is a pastor. He's also an author. He's probably more famous for being an author than he is a pastor. He's an incredible uh, storyteller. He has a way of, of writing that brings out the vividness of God's love and truth in and, and ways that are really cool. If you haven't read any of Max Lucado's stuff, I highly recommend him. Now, one of the stories he tells, it's a very short story called the Wemmick story. Has anybody ever heard of the Wemmick story? Uh, so those of you who know it, I'm about ready to tell you a little bit about this story. I hope I don't blow it. Uh, the Wemmick story is this. It's an interesting little story of Wemmicks. And Wemmicks are these wooden creatures, these little wooden people that are called Wemmicks. And they were created by a master craftsman, a woodsman, by the name of Eli. So Eli has created them and, and made them. And, and they live together in the same village. And they do the same thing over and over and over again. They keep going around and spending all their time giving each other stickers. The Wemmicks give out two types of stickers. The one sticker they can give out is a gold star sticker. And another sticker they can give out is a gray dot sticker. For the gold star sticker, they love to give those out to all the pretty Wemmickses, to all the ones who have just beauty in them. They just look at them and think, man, look at you. You're so attractive. I'm giving you a gold star. But not just those who were pretty, it was those who were talented. The Wemmickses who could jump the highest and carry the most and the ones who were the strongest and the most skilled. They always got these gold stars. And it was an interesting thing. It seems like it, it was kind of the more they got, the more they were given. And sometimes those who had gold stars on them, others would come up and say, I'm going to give you a gold star because obviously you got lots of gold stars and there's something about you. Here are more gold stars. Well, they're also... Wemmicks that were covered with gray dots. And they were the ones that probably had some nicks in them and their paint painting wasn't as good and, and they just weren't as pretty. They just weren't as beautiful. They just weren't as talented. They just messed up. And when they, when they went out in the world and people saw that they had scars and people saw that they had blemishes, when they did wrong things, they would get a gray dot. Well, the story is of Puncinello. Puncinello is kind of the uh, main character in the story. You'd love him. It's a very short story. Puncinello tries very hard. He wants to be beautiful, but he's not really. And he wants to do the right thing, but he always kind of messes up. And he fills, his life is filled, his, his entire being is filled with gray dots. It becomes depressing. I mean, Puncinello doesn't even want to go outside because if I go outside, I'm just going to get a gray dot. I'm going to feel even worse about myself. And then one day, Puncinella saw something that would change his life forever. And he saw Lucia, L-U-C-I-A. I I don't know how to pronounce it. Lucia, Lucia. And Lucia, of all the other women, it was really, really unusual. She, She hadn't have any gold stars. But she didn't have any gray dots. She absolutely had no stickers on her whatsoever. As a matter of fact, people come up and say, oh, you have have no stickers. Should I I give you a gold star? No, 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 I don't want one. Should I give you a, a gray dot? And nothing would stay on her, it seemed like. And so Puncinello was like, what's up with you? How come you have no stickers? She said, because every day I go see the maker, Eli. And every day I spend with Eli, every day I understand more about how I'm loved. And every day I realize I don't need stickers. Why don't you come and meet Eli as well? And he said, I didn't even know we had a creator. I didn't even know Eli. I didn't know he was out there. 
So Puncinello, he, he really felt bad. He thought, you know, can I go? I mean, I'm just covered in gray dots. And he makes his way to Eli, and he's ashamed. He's like, you know, obviously I got a lot of gray dots. Because man, you sure do. You got a lot of gray dots. But I don't care. I don't care what other people think about you. I made you. I'm the one who made you, and I'm the one who loves you. And I don't care what the other Wemmicks think about you. I don't care if you had gold stars. I don't care if you have gray dots. I don't care because I love you. And the more you understand that I love you, the more you understand that your creator cares for you, the less those dots will stick on you. And after time and reality, spending time with Eli, the master, he realized that he was cared for and he was loved and his worth was not found in the stickers that he was given. And he started falling off. And he started falling off and he realized that that what other people said about him wouldn't stick as long as he knew what God thought about him, his maker, his creator. You can see the connection there is the reality as we live our lives. Isn't it true? A nice little story, but the reality is how much of us are living our lives trying to collect the stickers of the world? And how many of us are longing for the next gold star to make ourselves feel okay and approved? How many of us right now are are hanging our head in shame because we feel like the world or ourselves have given us a bunch of gray dots? And how much are we looking for approval apart from God? And God is saying, the only way you will ever discover your worth, the only way that you'll know truly who you are is if you discover me and know how I love you and how I've made you. My brothers and sisters, your worth is not in what you do. Your worth is not in what you have. Your worth is not in the knowledge that you have or the bank accounts or the retirement account. Your worth is wrapped up in none of that according to the Bible. Your worth is reflected in the God who created you. And of all the things that God created, it says he created everything. And how God created him, he spoke. And out of nothing, the universe comes into existence. Psalm 19 says all of creation is telling the story of God. And we look at the mountains and the sea and we see there's a story being told. Daily they're pouring forth speech, but everything God created is nothing. It's pale compared to the comparison of you and me. Because we are the only ones in God's creation that he gave his image to. His reflection, when God sees us, he sees himself. We reflect The infinite worth of God. Our worth is found in the God who created us and loved us enough to share with us his very own image. Your worth is not something you pursue. It's not something you know or have. It's something that you discover. Your worth is discovered in the God who made you and made you for himself. And I love what the psalmist says in Psalm 113. We're not like that Play-Doh that you make at MCP, Maitland Community Preschool, that you kind of throw it together and you squish it, and out comes this blob. He says, listen, you, you, each one of you, you're fearfully and wonderfully made in God's image. God took his time. The astounding thing of this passage is how much detail God wants to talk about. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You're knit together. You're woven together in your mother's womb. I, I saw you there. I mean, I, I knew every day, about, every day of your life. I, I know every detail about you. God is saying, I took my time with you. No matter what the mirror says to you, no matter what the world might give you, gray dots or gold stars, God says, your worth is found in me. 
what I love about this Psalm 139, it's, it really is staggering. I love this psalmist stops and says, this knowledge is too wonderful. It's almost like he has to take a couple breaks saying, if this was true, oh my goodness, it's like, I got to stop and pause. This is incredible what God thinks. In verses one through six, it says this, God knows us perfectly and still loves us. Every single one of us wants to be loved. Every one of us wants to be loved deeply. We also want this. Every single one of us really wants to be known. But there's a, there's a battle there because being known, really known, might not lead to being really loved. And so what do we do? We pretend. Because I so desperately want your approval that I will pretend to be something that you can love. And here's what God says. I know everything about you. I know when you sit down. I know when you rise up. I know the words before they come out of your mouth. I know what you're thinking. I know every single detail about you. And oh, by the way, I love you. Are you kidding? You know me? I mean, really know me and you love me? Not only does it say that, but, but God, it says, is always with us in verses 7 through 12. There's nowhere we could go from his presence, and he still wants to have fellowship with us. Did you spend time with family over Christmas and the New Year? Was it blessed? How many of you looked at the calendar and thought, okay, three more days? How many of you honestly said, I love my family and had a but after that? You people. I have a study in my house so I can study. Or get away! Or hide. Because even sometimes people I love, sometimes it's good to get a break now and again, right? Can you imagine that what God says about you, there's not a place you could go that I'm not. There's not anything you could do that I'm not with you. And by the way, I want to have fellowship with you. I'm not worn out. I'm not going to put you on a shelf. I'm not like wondering when am I going to break. This is the God who made you in his image, who desires to be with you. But God not only made you and still loves you and knows you and longs to be with you. God made you for himself. And that verses 13 through 18 tells us the intricate detail. And he made you for himself. And here's the point. You will never know your worth until you know your God. You'll never know the worth that God has for you until you see it through his eyes. I think of that great Peter Gabriel song. It's one of my favorite songs, In Your Eyes. The light, the heat, your eyes. I feel complete in your eyes. Man, when I, when I sing that song, he's probably talking about some girl. I'm singing it to my God. In your eyes, the, the, I see the doorway to a thousand churches. In your eyes, all the resolution to my fruitless searches. In your eyes, you will never know your worth until you see your worth through the eyes of God because you and I were made in his image. And that's the second point. Not only made by God, we're made for God. We're made for God. Did you hear that no one won the Powerball last night? Darn. Did you hear that's going to be up to $1.3 billion? Powerball, $1.3 billion. Now, if you win that, let me stop and hit pause. Really, if you look at God's word, I don't think he'd be too excited about you playing it. It sounds like it's gambling and, and really probably better ways to invest God's money. So here's the deal. If you do win, make sure you tithe at least 20%, all right? Because you want to cover all bases, all right? And think of the church first. 
Well, Caleb and I went to Costco yesterday. He's heading back to Rollins. So we had to stock up on all the uh, food supplies that he needs, like frozen pizza, frozen lasagna, frozen enchiladas. Uh, I think we got all the food groups covered. And we spent the whole time thinking, all right, what would you do? You win. You win. And all of a sudden, and again, it wasn't up to 1.3. It was like, it was like a mere 800 million, you know? And I wanted to be noble with my son. Well, son, I think we got to make sure we seek the kingdom first, uh, take care of those in need, let's get out of debt, let's do all this stuff. I'm thinking, man, I would be buying that. I'd be buying this. I'd be going here. Can you imagine your worth changing that much overnight? Can you imagine, like, 1.3 billion all of a sudden? I guess you could take it in different installments, by the way. You can have it over, like, a 30-year installment, or you can do one check. What would you do? Would you do, like, one? I think they're saying if you get one, it's, like, $800 million. Okay. Somebody told me at the early service, Jeff, it was a really nice sermon. When you asked the question, what would we do the money, I just never stopped listening to you again. <laughs> and so write it down. Come back to it after the sermon, all right? we got more important things to talk about because here's the point. If you won $1.3 billion, it wouldn't be enough to satisfy what God has put in your heart. God has made you for himself. An incredible thing about this is that, that when God has made you for himself, he's put eternity in our hearts. We studied the book of Ecclesiastes last year, and one of my favorite passages in Ecclesiastes 3 is uh, 3.11. It says that God put eternity in our hearts. Not only did he fearfully and wonderfully make us in his image, but, but somehow, like only God can, he's put in you and me a heart that has eternity in it. And I got to tell you, $1.3 billion doesn't fill eternity. It's not enough. You win that thing, it's still you. Everything the world has to offer, it's not enough. You can't find your worth out there. You can only find it with him. Because God made you for himself. That's why Augustine would write three in the year, like, like in the 300s in his confessions, that our hearts will forever uh, be wandering. Lord, you've made us for yourself. And our hearts are forever restless till they find their rest in you. He's basically saying, God, you made us to know and love you. You made us to be plugged into you. You are our maker. We got to go spend time with Eli, our maker. His name is Jesus, our, our, our great God. Remember who we are. We got to go and spend time with him. And we'll never find our rest. We'll never find our worth. We'll never understand ourselves until we know him. That Powerball won't be enough. You've known the stories. What happens to the life of those who win it? They usually go in the tank. That's why in verses 23 and 24, I love this. He says, God, you search my heart. God, you search my heart. I, I don't even know it. You know me. I don't. you got eternity in my heart. Will you search my heart and see if there's any hurtful way? And would you fill, he, fill it with you and lead me into life of everlasting? Lastly, so what? I told you you were made by God, and I told you you were made for God. And probably the question is, well, so what? Again, it should have all the difference in the world, much more different than if you really won the Powerball. Let me ask you this. What would your life be like if you believed this? Let's be honest. 
What would your life be like if you truly believed, I mean believe to the point you're living it out, that your worth is secured and found in the love of Christ alone? What would your life look like if, if Jesus was really enough? What would your life look like? What would you be pursuing if, if you realize that in Christ Jesus that you were loved and, and that he has infinite worth in you and you are okay, what would it look like if you had to look to the world for not one sticker? What would it look like? What would you pursue? What would you do? What would you do if the gospel, the good news of what Christ has done for us, really filled every pore in the reality in our lives? and we realize that we're his and we're loved and he's never going to let us go, what would it be like? I taste freedom. I taste joy. I think God helped me to move in that direction because I think I'd really be alive. I think if I didn't have to go look for gold stars in this world, if I just realized that I'm enough in your eyes, and I'd realize I could lift my head, I don't think it's so depressed with all those great dots in my life. I love what Rue said last week. He, he quoted Martin Lloyd-Jones. And he says, as Christians, that we should be talking to ourselves all the time, but rarely listening to ourselves. I think that's kind of it. And when he says talking to ourselves, he's reminding us that talk to yourself. You're made in God's image. Talk to yourself. You are of infinite worth because you reflect the infinite value of God. Talk to yourself. God loves you enough to send his own son. Talk to yourself. In his eyes, you are complete. Talk to yourself. Remind yourself the truth of the gospel. Don't listen to yourself saying, I'm filled with gray dots and I'm no good. Because I know that tape. And that tape plays constantly in my head. I got to hit eject and say, no, no. Tell yourself the truth. The value you have is completely in Christ Jesus. And let me ask you this. What would your life be like if the world's gold stickers didn't stick to you? What would your life be like if the world's gray dots didn't stick to you? This is what God wants you to know. And this is what God wants you to believe. That your worth is found in him and him alone. He wants to set you free. The second thing I think the so what that we have to see is this. It's, it's not only treating ourselves and seeing ourselves, it's seeing our neighbors differently. Remember, you will never give someone worth. You don't have the authority or power to do that. You will never give someone worth. You will only show someone the worth that God has given them. Making them in his image. No matter how much their sin or your sin has marred that image, the reality is, is their worth is there because God put it there. It's what C.S. Lewis would write, there are no ordinary people. You have never talked to a mere mortal. Worth comes because the creator gave it to us, whether it's in the womb or out of the womb, whether it's disabled, old, filled with um, disease, brokenness, you see, we are to recognize God's worth in others and praise him. And this is true of you. Let me just say in closing, this is true of you. God sees you and loves you in Christ Jesus. And he has made you fearfully and wonderfully. Lift your head up. Don't let those gray dots weigh you down. You gotta love yourself before you love your neighbor as yourself. The truth is you are a billboard. You are a billboard. If you're a Christian, you're a billboard. Forget buying one and 
the billboard national championship Greenville, you are a billboard. You're the story of God being told to your life. What story are you telling? What does the world see in themselves and in others about his worth and your worth through you? Remember, all you got to be is you in love with Jesus. Stumbling and bumbling, telling the story that you are of infinite worth because you reflect an infinite God. God tells us his worth through his word. He shows us his worth through his son. And he reminds us of his worth through his table. We're going to come to the table and we're going to be reminded of how much God loves us. That he would send his own son, his own son to be broken for us. How much are you worth in God's eyes? The death of his son. So that you can live and have life and life abundantly. Please pray with me. And Father God, forgive us. We're a people who spend so much time looking for gold stars and so much time on the sidelines lamenting our, our gray dots. God, forgive this pastor. I, I, I do it incessantly. It's so convicting, God. And yet, you want to set me and you want to set this congregation free with the truth. The truth of how you see us as our maker, our creator, and in Jesus, our redeemer and our friend. Because God, if we get this, I mean, if we really get this, if we really believe this, that our worth is settled in you and you alone, we're free and we are alive and we can move to anything you call us to, not caring about what other stickers people might want to put on us. God, would you make that a reality in this pastor's life, this church's life, your your people's life, for your glory. God, we ask your blessing on our tithes and offerings. Use it to advance your kingdom. Prepare our hearts to meet you at the table, we pray in Christ's name. Amen.